Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Second episode of Smart Home Therapy with reinforcements this time. Man, I hope we can help Aaron. He needs it. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Smart Home Therapy and, I don't know, 15th episode of the Smart Home Show. This is a little mini-series within the show itself where we try to help someone who needs help in a big way. And that's Aaron Cohen, back for the second session on the couch. And I brought in reinforcements in the form of Seth Johnson, who's a home audio-video specialist integrator and also host of his own podcast at hometech.fm, the Home Tech Podcast. Check that out. And check out more smart home shows. Just go to technology.fm. You can also find the home tech there. We, we have uh, that podcast there as well. So check it out and uh, stay tuned as we try to help Aaron work through some of his issues with smart home, particularly focusing in on what he needs to do around video. Enjoy the show. So this is the second episode of Smart Home Therapy, which is... As uh, I said in my uh, last, at least when I wrote, Aaron kind of really gets, you, Aaron, you get the credit for the coming up with this, the idea for this, the name and kind of uh, uh, walking you, walking you through, you're the first victim because you came up with this idea. And uh, this is the second episode and, and I brought in reinforcements in the name of uh, Seth Johnson. Thank God. <laughs> God knows we needed them after <laughs> we the did. first After the first one. I'm glad uh, to be here. <laughs> And Seth, you are like a guy who actually knows what he's talking about when it comes to setting up home systems. For for everyone's sake, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I make a living. Uh, my day job is designing and installing uh, audio video systems that uh, could range from, you know, a, a simple AV system, you know, a family room system of a, a, a TV, a cable box, uh, hanging a TV on the wall and that kind of thing. All the way up to a very large residence, you know, with dozens of zones of audio um, and and zo- different zones of video, um, w- which could all be located and centrally located in, in in an equipment rack located in the basement, or you know, we don't really have basements around here, but um, located in a, a utility closet of some type, uh, and, and so. I, I run into the uh, a complete range of systems here. Um, which in, which is Florida, right? Yeah, yeah, in Sarasota, Florida, it's got a retirement community here, which a lot of people end up retiring to from business executives down just to regular school teachers. So, um, my my client definitely does range <laughs> um, from what they what they come in looking to do. So, so but doing it in Florida and you get auto retirees, so that's not necessarily like maybe. LA where you'd have like NBA basketball players doing high ends or, or do you get like retired basketball players? Oh, no, 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 definitely. definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, Everyone got, goes to Florida to retire. Yeah. I mean, I've got professional football players that are even, I, I mean, consider them still active, you know? Yeah. They, they would definitely have a house here. Um, I've definitely worked in the, in the last year with professional athletes. So, so, yeah. So you run the gamut from people who are kind of maybe just, uh, average Joe's all the way up to kind of the ultra rich doing all sorts of systems. Absolutely. Well, perfect. I don't know where Aaron can speak to where he fits in there, but I think Aaron, uh, maybe, certainly, maybe certainly not the ultra rich. <laughs> <laughs> You're the hoi polloi. Yeah, the, the hoi polloi still wants AV systems installed. Sir, sir, um, yeah, exactly. I, 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 all I know is that as, as Michael and I discovered last week, it is hard to wrap your arms around how to think about home automation 
and then of course it's it's major subsystem which is audio visual systems I, I would say you know Michael I was thinking about our show last week and it seems to me that 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 AV is the big brother of home automation, right? Like it's the oldest child, the one that gets the most attention. Well, I think it's certainly the one that, to, to me, needs the most planning. And 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 if you need, and Seth, back, tell me if I'm right or wrong. Uh, if I think if you want everything fully integrated, including like AV and home systems, um, that that's like that that's like the big kahuna. That requires the most planning, and and that's where like I think you need to. At least my conclusion was, and second agree, disagree because he probably, you know, he's smarter on this stuff. That's where you need to go to something like a control four or something like that. So, but also there's a couple dynamics here. We have Seth who is a lot smarter on this stuff than me, and then Aaron, you add some new information, and I don't know if you want to share that now. You, you said, yeah, well, you, you I dis- do want to. So, I, so Seth, you'll be. So, Seth, here's my situation. I'm moving to a house in Connecticut from New York City. Um, so obviously when you move from an apartment to a house, you don't have a lot of stuff. And, and, and then, you know, on top of that, the last time I moved was 14 years ago. And while I've done, uh, I have a Panasonic Viera plasma from several years ago, uh, you know, and I've done a couple of installations. I'm keenly aware of how complicated this stuff is. And, you know, we're sort of starting from scratch a brand new house by the way so it's like totally wired for everything you know that you would want to do um so in any event um you know i as 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 i'm supposed to do i i i i i talked i started bringing in an av people right and the first guy came last week this is Proceeded Michael and I's, uh, th- this, this proceeded Michael and I's first conversation. So that's the new information he's referring to. And as we wandered around, it just became clear to me that the cash register was ringing like at an unprecedented rate. <laughs> like everything this guy wanted to do. All I, I mean, it seemed to me it would be less expensive to just build a new home with the AV already integrated. You know, that's so, probably right. <laughs> so, so even though so I just was like, all I kept thinking was, and I and I, it, Michael, I got to tell you, I mean, I'm sure our call uh, informed this. I kept thinking, I'm going to get so ripped off. This is insane. well. That's why we have Seth here. Seth yeah. is here to save you. And like, I would imagine Seth. What Aaron just described, someone walking around in the cash register. I mean, it's a sales process for uh, a home system integrator, right? I would imagine that, like, obviously, you know, this guy has mouths to feed. He, he wants to retire in Sarasota, Florida at some point. Um, but also, at the same time, I would imagine, in, in as it, with any, like, uh, industry where people are trying to sell you goods and that go into your home that cost a lot of money, there's a potential for being ripped off as well. Absolutely, and I think it's good that Aaron and, and you, Mike, have done done a great service here of of, of uh, having this type of this this show here. Um, the uh, what did you call it? The the therapy uh, therapy session. Yeah, this this is a great great idea. Um, Smart we thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it is a sales process for a, an integrator, and like you said, he is they typically are. Uh, if it's not just one guy, you know, it could be a whole a whole suite of guys um, that are. You know, an entire office full of people that definitely have mouths to feed. So, it's it's not. It may be a one man show, or it may be a, an entire company um, that that's behind them. So, so this uh, was a a, a cr- control for and Creston uh, Creston Crestron 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 yeah. Crestron yeah. Uh, Systems Integrator and. You know, I mean, obviously with those systems, what you're, you know, you're buying like an incredibly high level of installation. I mean, Michael, the, the, house, the houses I were seeing, like there were just speakers in wall everywhere yeah, yeah, yeah. and and control panels in every room, which I thought was interesting. This idea that you'd have to have a panel um, in each room to kind of, I guess, control everything, right? Maybe your TV, your lights, your AC, you know, your HVAC, whatever. And I had, you know, the day before been shopping for electronics and, you know, call me crazy, Best Buy. 
<laughs> which I which I I guess gives some indication of my relative uh, my relative uh, sophistication. You're a mass market though, right? I, I mean, you're I, kind of I, the, you're average. I guess I, I guess I am. I guess I am. I, I consume a lot of content, but I guess I'm relatively average. But anyway, I my my sense was I, I that it was not clear to me that that you still needed to wire sound. That there had been huge advances in wireless sound since I last shopped. And it seemed that the core of the AV business was wiring and installing sound and, you know, doing that in a very beautiful way and, you know, repatching the plaster and all that kind of stuff. Um, Now, do you think – so here's where I think you maybe are are kind of like – because you've been limited to sample size of one installer – Correct. And, and maybe with a guy who feels very comfortable with a certain type of solution, you're getting this idea that like um, he's going to push you towards that wire. Because I, I, I get the sense, and having looked at this market a little bit, talking to you know some folks, and Seth, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. I, I feel, like, feel like there's a lot of integrators who have embraced the modern stuff like Sonos or, or more kind of the wireless hi-fi, wireless, wireless sound systems. Um, now, that doesn't mean like, you know, Maybe Seth, you like someone might want this high-end wired system as well, but isn't well, that, really kind of what you, the people ask, want? Seth, let's ask Seth Michael because to me the first red flag was him crushing yeah, yeah. Sonos. Like he was very negative about Sonos, and I thought I think uh, that is a red flag. That's a red flag to me, Seth. What do you I, think? I think it would be a red flag to me too. Um, to, primarily because I'd say, oh geez, I mean, eighty to ninety percent of the installs I'm doing these days have Sonos going into them in some form or fashion. Wow. Um, whether whether we're doing a, a complete Sonos audio systems with the sound bars uh, in lieu of uh, receivers, um, I, I caught quite a bit of. Uh, I caught the episode you guys had last week, and I heard you talking about uh, the, your experience with the Sonos systems and that kind of thing. Um, but we also install Sonos in an integrated uh, form as well. So we're installing Sonos and have been installing Sonos uh, in the wired. Solution is uh, the wire, the, the the traditional wired right, system. Right. So it's a very flexible system for us. And to me, the 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 biggest point or the biggest selling point on that system isn't the wireless portion of it. It's not the tech specs behind the speakers and how well it sounds. I mean, it it sounds okay. It's a it's a pretty decent sounding system. Um, but it's how easy it is to use. And I think you guys really touched on that. Um, Mike, your your experience with your wife is the exact same experience I have with my wife. I bought her a Sonos system for Christmas one year. <laughs> got some got some eyes, you know, darting across you know the room at me. Like, why why would I get an electronic piece for Christmas? What is this about? Yeah. But it's definitely the her the and she admitted she's like this is the best thing you've ever given me. I, I love music. I listen to this every single every single morning. You wake up and there's music going on. So, um, you know, it, it's. I would definitely question someone's motives these days if they're not pushing you to the best in class solution. And I, I honestly think if you're, it's going to you're going to be hard pressed to find anything that matches what Sonos can deliver. Um, and that's so you, a, and you mainly when you say best in class, it's really the user experience and that kind right. of app and and just the ease of use that you think is like really best in class. Uh, exactly. I mean, that you can get a few other devices that I can think of off the top of my head um, in the custom integration channel that have links into some of the audio services that Sonos provides, you know, like Spotify and Rhapsody and that kind of thing. Um, but I don't think anything matches the user experience yet. Um, and and right. so, quite and frankly, what, the quality too. I mean, and what I, you're saying is sometimes you connect wired non Sonos speakers to an overarching Sonos system. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. We, we integrate, fully integrate a control four and Sonos systems all the time. Um, and, and that's been, we've been doing that for, uh, five years, I guess. I can't, I can't quite remember how long we've been doing it now, but, um, it, it's, it, if we have just a traditionally wired house with traditional speakers in the ceiling, um, traditional big amplifiers sitting in a rack, we can take a, a Sonos, uh, connect, I believe is what they call it now. Uh, and put that into the rack, plug it in as a source, and it's just like listening to a CD player throughout your house. So Right. So explain that to me, though. Why, if you can buy a Play Bar, 
and the Sono system, which you're going to need from a UI standpoint anyway, why do you ever need a receiver anymore? Why are receivers still required? That that that's probably a good question moving forward. <laughs> um, you know, it, it to me right now it's adding an expense and a complication into a design uh, that I I am finding it harder and harder to justify. Uh, so recently, what we've been doing are the Sonos Play Bar surround sound systems, and um, as a custom integrator, Sonos actually gives us the ability to use their Connect amps as. Uh, I guess you can look at it's pretty easy on how to do it online, um, but you can use a Connect amp uh, and go use that for the rear channel speakers. So I can wire um, for rear channel speakers in the ceiling so I don't have to have anything sitting on the ground or speaker stands or anything like that and have a, a sound bar below the TV, a TV, and just have a Sonos system in that room. And they have a bass now, don't they? Don't they have a bass? Oh, yeah, the sub, the sub, yeah. The sub bass, yeah. Which I'd, I'd highly recommend to go along with the sound bar. Not for any sales reasons whatsoever. It's just the soundbar doesn't have the bass uh, that, right. that you'd want out of a surround sound. Do you, do you think you need that? Let me ask you a question. That's obviously for your, you know, sports and movie watching. Like for your serious watching, that's true. Is that true in every? Is that true in every room that you you've got a? You need a bass to match with the soundbar. That that's yeah. Like if you had one in the master bedroom, I wouldn't particularly say that you'd want it but you could always augment it later on if you wanted to since right. it's wireless it's it's really easy to say oh yeah just spend another 700 bucks and <laughs> it's yeah. in there right so um, right. but but yeah it's okay it's, so rule number one is the receiver thing is i mean i i understand i'm not quite the audiophile that plenty of people are and i totally get that uh but the reality is when I was listening to the Sonos Play Bar, I was hearing great sound, and that was not a – that was not – I mean, that, that that is now possible without receivers. Right. I mean, it's it's not it, – you, you can have a very nice surround sound system, and to do that, you're going to need a receiver. And if you're looking for the audio file type quality system, right. you're going to go, have to go to that traditional route right now. But you can still integrate Sonos with that, so you're not sure. you don't have your hands tied. So, so um, just so I'm clear, if you want to watch, and you know, you obviously probably have pretty high end taste, right? Because you're in this business. If you want to watch, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, The Matrix or something. You know, an ep- a film with epic sound, right? The Lord of the Rings films. Is your feeling that the Sonos 5.1 system is, is just not good enough relative to all the other amazing wired speakers that are out there? I, I guess it would depend first on the client and then on the use case. I, I wouldn't do a Sonos system like, say, in a dedicated home theater. Um, I would I would leave that towards you know the traditional uh, receiver or not even a receiver at that point you're looking at processor and then individual amplifiers for each speaker, um, but I, for your family room there there's no reason to to use a receiver in my opinion anymore just you know use the Sonos soundbar or soundbar in general and uh, and you're going to get some much better sound out of what it, you know what you traditionally get. So Aaron, are you going to do like? So my brother-in-law has like this room he built. It's it's literally a little movie theater. It has like stadium seating, and, and like that, like Seth, he has like exactly what you talked about, right? And, and the sounds amazing. Uh, but uh, so Aaron, are you going that route? Or are you going to like more like just want to kind of trick out your living room? Actually, this is already a helpful conversation. I well, first of all, I, again, I just think there's different rooms with different screens for different purposes. And what I just heard right now is that I'm going to hold off, like that there is a justification for wiring a home theater. And I think we might do that in the basement, but, you know, probably going to move in first and figure it out. And here's the beauty. I can just buy a play bar for that area. And if we no longer want it down there and we're putting in, you know, different speakers, I can just move the play bar somewhere else to some other TV, right? Because it's exactly you know it's that easy. You can just pick it up and move it, right? I mean, you know, especially if you haven't mounted it or anything. So that that's 
that to me is probably how I would get. St- so, so, all right. So right out of the gate, Michael, point one, it's Sonos, Sonos only in sound in the house to start. It seems like that makes sense to me because it's, Simpler. it's because you can move that wherever you want. It's always going to be with you. And it, that system grows and condenses. I mean, it just kind of grows really organically and you could, it's mix and match. It's modular in a sense. So now here's the real que- here's the one key question relative to this because I have had some pushback from another integrator who says, "Well, wait a minute, all these Sonos competitors have emerged not not in terms of the connect, not on the UI, the app side, but on the speaker side. Right. So in theory, you could buy Vizio sound bars or you know Samsung sound. Well, the soundbar question, the soundbar topic it's maybe is worthy of, a, of a, but the soundbar is maybe worthy of a like. A topic or asking Seth alone. I mean, uh, on that itself, and then like maybe this. The, the I think the Sonos competitors is also inter- interesting topic more broadly. Seth, in terms of like soundbars, is there like one you recommend? Is like could you go get a Vizio soundbar and plug it in with like a mix and match with other with other brands, or or is there like you have to you want to go with a certain one? No, um, it really it depends on the the use case again. Um, so the reason we typically end up using the Sonos soundbar um, is because maybe the client doesn't want to have um, a house audio zone dedicated for the master bedroom, but they want to have the ability to have the music piped in there. They can use a play bar for that that system there. But no, you, you can use a, a Samsung or Vizio soundbar very easily on um, on a on any screen. I mean, it, you're just taking the audio output of the TV and routing it through that soundbar, uh, and that's effectively all Sonos is doing too. The downside, though, is you wouldn't have the Vizio soundbar as a node on your Sonos network. Like, so it wouldn't be to me. It seems like you wouldn't have that connection. Why? Why wouldn't you? Because right. isn't it piping out? It's piping out from the TV, but it's not connected to the the mesh, the Sonos mesh network, right? If it's if it's you don't get the advantages of having a Sonos system if yeah, you're yeah. just using the Vizio soundbar. So oh, no, so, it, so the Sonos system you are locked in to oh, the yeah, Sonos yeah. speakers <laughs> to the Sonos speakers, or but if you if you use wired speakers, that's somehow connected to the mesh network. Is that what you were saying? Well, the, the way Sonos works is is well, just like with their wireless systems, uh, you have one player per per room, basically. So a play bar could be, you know, the sound bar under the TV that could be the player in that room, and and you wouldn't need a, another smaller player like a portable player or anything else for that room. Um, you could add on the subwoofer, you can add on the rear channel speakers, but that 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 room is a self-contained operating zone independent of anything else in the house. And then what you would do is you'd add on, you know, say you wanted a, a speaker in the kitchen, you'd add that on. And you could do that both with Sonos, you can do it both hardwired and wired. So you could have speakers in the ceiling or you could have one of their portable players sitting on the kitchen counter. And they make the ceiling speakers? They make – I didn't realize they made – No, no. They, oh, yeah. they make the amplifier that would hook to uh, those speakers. But no, I they don't see. They do not do the speakers. Okay, okay. So, all right. So, but in any event, Sonos is your like uh, operating system for sound, right? Like that's like it seems to me that's an easy decision. It's very DIY, and that's to me one of the principles of this whole thing. And that's where I'd like to go next, Michael, if we could. Like, just like it seems to me that Control Four and Crestron are 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 incredibly non-DIY products, right? They literally are not available in retail. And with emerging things like smart, you know, emerging systems like smart things, like Revolve, uh, even the Staples product, I, I, I don't... It, it, explain to me the notion of like the advantages of a Control 4 or Crestron and having the panels and all that kind of stuff versus these much less expensive uh, new systems that are coming on market? Um, sure. I, most of the newer systems you're seeing come on market, and I, I can't think of one, I'm, I'm really trying hard to think of one, that does more than just your basic automation yeah. system stuff, like security stuff. Like they're, they're just monitoring 
water sensors or doors opening and closing and, and or motion detection, they aren't stepping at all into AV. And there's a reason for that because AV is is really really difficult to do properly. Uh, there's a there's a lot of edge cases there. You know, when when you're just doing a, a door and you have a sensor on it, it's either open or it's closed. I mean, there's not there's not much uh, gray area there. Um, so so I think with with AV, that's going to be one of those things that's going to take time for these emerging systems to come out. Uh, so that, I think that's that's probably what the advantage of having a control four system or Crestron system or a universe, URC or RTI. I mean, there, there's a there's a there's quite a few companies that are doing the remote control of av audio yeah. a, a, audio and video at the same time so like so seth like i think i i my my feeling and what i got to last week was with, with aaron was if you wanted everything integrated on like one interface and the kind of one software touch touchpad um that's that's really what control for is because like the diy stuff largely is like you said smart home and home automation i think that like smart things may have aspirations to kind of move it all into like an integrated interface because you can, for example, control your Sonos from the smart things app, but sure. I th- but it's still very like, like I think one of the points we made last week is still, you kind of always opt to go to your Sonos app because it's just so much better. Right. So, but like the, the, everything, if you want everything fully integrated, AV and smart home, that's really what control for is about. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's having, I mean, their thing is they they put everything into one app, and I, I mean, uh, the 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 thing the, there are differences between those two systems. I mean, cre- there are major differences between a Crestron system and a Control Four system. Um, Crestron is fully customized, one hundred percent. The dealer could move an icon on the on the little touchpad or your iPad interface um, two pixels over if you didn't feel it was in the right spot. Um, on the Control Four system, the GUI, the interface to the end user, is built by Control Four, and the dealer on the back end just configures things. Um, with and another thing is, I don't think many people do realize this. Uh, Crestron, with with a Crestron system or many of the other ones that are that are not that, that stay out of the do-it-yourself realm, um, and and are in our our area of expertise. Uh, those systems are pretty locked down. Like you said, you can't buy the equipment. You can't make configuration changes. But one thing I, that I do like about Control 4, and I wish they would expand it a little bit more, um, even as a dealer, is they allow you to download a, a home edition software. You can make go in and make certain configuration changes um, to your system as an end user. So I, I do like that about them, and I, I wish they would you know, kind of expand that out further where you can add equipment in and make changes to how your equipment's all connected up. Um, but for right now, they leave that up to dealers and and the train train guys. So 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 Control Four is putting a little bit of kind of light customization power into the hands of consumers with that. Yeah, and you can you can go in and do some pretty major programming stuff. It's all drag and drop. You know, Got if it. this happens, do this, and uh, you can do some pretty major stuff on that end. But the configuration portion, like setting up a system, that's all left to the dealer. And it's it's I have to say though, it is interesting. There is a brand – there is going to be confusion in the marketplace on this issue. I mean I I think of – you know, I've been doing a fair amount of research and it has been hard for me to understand the very important point you just made about AV AV relative to the new DIY smart home stuff, right? And that makes sense to me, right? AV is really complicated and – while you may not need smart home to, you know, check the security in your house or lock your door or whatever, you you might need control for to be able to really um, simply operate your audio visual equipment. That's right. kind of what you're saying. Yeah, and it, it all comes back down to to that to the ease of use. Um, for me, uh, the reason we sell control for and universal remotes and RTI and that kind of thing. Uh, the reason that we do that is is for one touch control of audio video because even with the invention of Sonos and that kind of thing, Sonos is really easy if all you have is one source connected to your TV and you turn it on and it goes to the HDMI number one every single time. But as soon as you start adding things in like you know Blu-ray players or Apple Xbox, TVs and you have yeah. more and more and more sources, you end up writing you know we go into some clients' homes and they have 
a laminated sheet of directions <laughs> on how to change things around. And that's, 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 it shouldn't be, that's not entertainment. That's work. And for us, yeah. you know, our thing is one touch control. It's, it's an entertainment system. It should be easy to use. So, Hey, Seth, tell, I, I feel like one of the strengths of, of control four is they have some similar DNA to Sonos in that they are a software company. I feel like, so i always feel like, you know, Sonos, is they make good hardware, but at the end of the day, they make also really great software. I feel like Control Four is is also like that. I mean, would you agree that's one of their strengths is the software side? I, I definitely would. I mean, they've they've come a very very long way. I, we've been dealing with them for around ten years now. Um, I I think we've been with them since the beginning, and uh, they were. I mean, anybody who tries to get into this, they're going to have a rough time. For the first couple of years, but after that, you know, you start working out the bugs and everything. Um, so I, I think they just celebrated last year their tenth year anniversary, um, and, and went public. Yeah, they're a public company now. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's a it's a, and I think they qualify themselves as a software company, even though they do make quite a bit of hardware. Um, like they make lighting control devices and they make the system controllers that you can run everything on, but. I know a little bit about their architecture, and I don't think anything would stop them. Well, it hasn't stopped them in the past. They could they could actually take the Control 4 software and put it on a receiver if they wanted to. Um, there was there was a Sony line that, that did that, uh, I think, last year, where you could actually run the Control 4 software on the Sony receiver. Oh, wow. Hey, well, Aaron, I know that we need to keep getting through some, some therapy, but I have one more, th- uh, one, one more kind of thought I want to throw out there for, for maybe Seth to react to, and that I feel like... On the DIY side, um, that we're going to see I, – I mean Samsung's been making noise about getting into smart home. And clearly Samsung is a uh, like a an entertainment hardware company. Have you Are you guys – when you look at this market, do you think someone like a Samsung or a Sony could like try to do what Control 4 is doing if they really bought into smart home? Or do you think this, like it's just too low end and like they're just not going to have the commitment there? I think they could, and I I really hope somebody does take a swing at it because the it's too hard. <laughs> I mean, setting up a TV is way too hard. Um, I mean, by my own admission, um, I'd rather do some of the the stuff that's even harder to do rather than just you know a basic TV system um, for someone's grandparents. You know, that's 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 ninety percent of the work down here, but you know it it, it doesn't make sense this day and age with you know the supercomputers that we have in our, our pockets as we call cell phones that we, we, it takes this much effort to set up and install a TV. It just, to me, it doesn't make that much sense. So I really do hope somebody like Samsung or somebody with a, with a lot of money behind them takes a stab at it and, and, and does a good job where, um, I, I don't want to be locked into a Samsung ecosystem either. So, you know, I don't want to have a Samsung smart home, but I'd like to have a Samsung, you know, their best of class products, you know, yeah. and, building up that smart home. And so we were one of the things we we talked about. I think that got Aaron, and you can tell us your thoughts. Thinking a little bit about um, the future here is like, you know, one of the, the X factors for the next year to two years is you could have a, a Samsung or an Apple come out and say, "Hey, we're going to do this this amazing system. It's going to be smart home. Might have some TV component. You can integrate your television. And oh, by the way, your your audio." I mean, but at the same time, you're moving to, into your house now. So those, right. like, it, where it's a very dynamic market right now. Uh, well, but like, it's, it's, yeah, no, I think that's right, Michael. It's challenging. It's like, is this a bad? T- you know, it's a weird time. It makes you think. Oh, maybe you should buy Samsung televisions because at the margin, at the margin, they'll be easier to integrate. You know, on a backwards basis. By the way, I don't want to make it sound like I'm. I, I I still have a lot of doubts whether Samsung has the 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 where you know if they're going to have the stick to itiveness because I quite honestly feel like companies like that sometimes they'll get into something they'll dabble they'll announce something to CES and it becomes vaporware or they try once and they and they pull out of it so I don't by by any means stretch the imagination in pushing someone like Samsung because I don't even know if they're going to be serious about it. Right. Well, that- yeah. Go ahead, Seth. Well, I was going to say that's that's kind of the the thought I have on it as well. Um, that I'd worry about. You know, you have a, a company like Sonos or Control Four, Crestron. I mean, Crestron's been around thirty years, and they are a company that solely is devoted to making control work. 
uh, Sonos is a company that is solely devoted to making a product that's easy to use and, and can play sound in your house. But when you get a, a bigger company like Samsung where they're doing TVs and cell phones and refrigerators and washing machines, I, it's, it's tough for me to say, okay, well, you know, what happens when they have a bad quarter in the home automation market and they decided, you know, to cut it loose? It, it's not something you, that's easy to walk away from, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think Apple – so Apple – because, Aaron, you're an Apple – uh, fan, your your guys are dedicated to iOS. Right. Apple doesn't throw spaghetti against the wall and then just like let it fall to the the ground and leave it. I mean, I think Samsung throws tons of spaghetti against the wall. A lot of it doesn't stick, but if Apple throws it, they're throwing meatballs and it all sticks too. I mean, and they're going to stay with. So if they're going to launch a line, they're going to launch a line to stick with it. So I think there's still that uh, that potential for you. Right. I think that I, I think that might be true as well, though. And we don't want to get distracted, but the the, beat, the Beats acquisition is, you know, sort of strange in it in 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 itself, right? So, but but I guess we could parse that lots of different ways. Here here's what I would say is kind of the next interesting area. So, like again, maybe just summarizing what I'm hearing is, Aaron. Uh, you might want to do a lot of things on your own, but the fact is, unless you want to program universal remotes, wherever you have multiple video sources, you are you should be working with an integrator. It is better. That's what I'm hearing from you right now. Uh, yeah, it, that- especially the the TVs, the type of system that you were talking about last week. Um, you you were alluding to it's called a video distribution system. Where yeah. you have just screens in a room, there's just remotes, and then they just you know you press a button and cable box number one comes on. Right. That that is a that's a tough system for us to do, um, and it it just has to be done right from the beginning and designed right from the beginning. And I, you you can do it yourself, but it it is a tough system, and it it is a little more expensive. But I, I the end result where you have just the TV on the wall and the remote sitting on the coffee table that's to me that's worth it. Um, so. Uh, yeah, well, the multiple screen thing came up. That that's just as a you know for people who are actually listening to both episodes. The multiple screen thing, the way it shook out with the Control Four rep, as he said, the video distribution system is really expensive, and in the end, it just makes sense to have a cable box for every screen. It's just not worth it, and and it, it's it's less expensive to get you know Apple TV or 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 Kindle Fire, or, or you know, Chromecast, you know, some version of IP television and, and a cable box. That gets you everything on every screen. And that's, oh, that's definitely going to be much, more, much less expensive. I mean, that yeah. you're, for, just for the matrix portion of it, I mean, if you're, you're talking about eight TVs, you're looking around. I mean, it depends on where they range, but you're looking around uh, six to ten grand, depending on which matrix switch you win, just for one piece of equipment. Yeah. How about that, Michael? I was really surprised by that. By the way, yeah, that is interesting. Let me ask you, Seth. You know what? What I thought was interesting, and I, I'm I'm like an over the top guy, right? I've been following kind of the, kind of over the top stuff really closely, so that's kind of my specialty. So I thought it was really interesting about a year, maybe a year ago, when 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 Time Warner announced they're going to do an app for Roku. That would allow you to basically get a like a Time Warner cable subscription through an app, and like I always thought that could be a game changer to where if you had a Roku in every room and you were a Time Warner subscriber, now it's not going to be as high fidelity, right? And you're not going to get like super high fidelity, but could you imagine getting? And I don't know if you saw that. I think it was maybe CS 2014. Maybe it was this the last CS, but but can you imagine if you're a Time Warner subscriber, you had a Roku in, in six rooms, and you had an app that essentially acted as your cable subscription. I mean, have you have you heard anything like that? I mean, could you? I mean, that just seems like that maybe could be like the true over the top version of like maybe getting to this multiple rooms, multiple screens. Yeah, and I, I think that is coming. I, I've I thought it was coming for for a longer time. Yeah. I guess you know I'm looking at this like back in 2011, thinking, all right, there's nothing that stops these guys from sending the data that they're sending over Cat Five, other than wanting to get as much money as possible from. Well, it. I think that? I think yes. it's more business decisions <laughs> than tech, technology decisions. You know, exactly. Yeah, I mean that they that has to be the next step, right? Where your cable service is just another app on the TV. I mean, it it's, it seems logical. That's what we've done with the uh, with the iPhone, and you know, yeah, the the phone was just another app on the phone. It wasn't it wasn't right. a, a major part of it. So. Um, 
that I, I just don't know when it's coming. So. And in fact, you get cable on your devices now yeah. over the top, right? That's what HBO Go is, right? So there's no reason you can't get everything else that way. Once you work out the, you know, who, who gets to charge you for it issues, you're right. These are business issues. But, but this brings us to an important point, which is to me, a screen is a screen, right? So in other words, it happens to be that you can watch, you know, NBA basketball on it, or maybe you can watch Netflix on it, or in a perfect world, in my new home, we would be doing this very phone call. Um, from uh, a connected TV over Skype with, you know, a really good, you know, speaker system and, and microphone system. And I wouldn't have headphones on speaking into my laptop right now. You know, that, that, that to me should be possible. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how to think about screens as not just televisions, but also video conferencing units and, um, you know, Netflix outputs and uh, what other things, Michael, do we use as the, oh, I know, how about a monitor to look at Excel spreadsheets? You know, I, I, to me, these are all the use cases of screens, and I want, all my, I want a lot of my screens to be able to do this. Certainly my office screen, I want to be able to do that. Well, yeah, I heard I heard you talking a little bit about this last week, and I've been kind of racking my brain on you know what to what to say about this. Um, the last the last one I I can probably catch the 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 seeing Excel spreadsheets on your on your screen. Um, from what I've seen, the 4K monitors do that really really well. Um, you don't want to go with a 1080p and try and do that, um, but if you want to have a, a nice big monitor in in your office and be able to see clearly and legibly, you know, what's what's on an Excel sheet or what's on a web page. To me, those 4K TVs just really, really perform. And those are coming down in price now. So it's, they're, they're not as expensive as they, they once were. Okay, um, I have a good that, point on the 4K. Do you, I mean, Aaron, that's a good were you insight. thinking of going all 4K at this point? Should he do that just to future-proof? I, I mean, I haven't – I don't know if the content's going to arrive for us, you know, yet, right? I mean, if, if you buy the TV now, it's going to be – Without this this particular use case, if you buy the TV now, um, you're not you're not going to find the content in too many places where that's going to actually utilize, you know, all four K, right. the, the resolution yeah, of the honest, actual Michael, TV. So. It was the exact opposite. I was thinking of doing no four K. Really, you wouldn't always do. I would do. I mean, especially if you want to like low cost, you'd you'd want always one, right? Well, I mean, now that we're talking about it, by the way, this is yeah, now I think this point about the use case of Excel itself on a large monitor being on 4K is a funny like I actually think that makes a lot of sense. Right. Excel is a little grainy on 1080p in a conference room. I just feel uh, like if you're setting if you're buying, I mean, if you're setting yourself up for like five years from now, mm -hmm. there's no doubt you'd have a 4K TV five years from now. So why wouldn't you buy one now? Yeah. I think I mean it's going to be that rule of uh, of everything is going to be expensive, less expensive the day after you buy it. And I mean, if you're buying the 4K TVs today, you're paying a, a That's early a adopters point. premium. That's so the I main think, point to wait, right? Yeah, I would wait on them just because I, I think in five years they may be the standard, or they you know they may yeah. be as ubiquitous as uh, 3D television. So Seth, yeah. on the th on the on the video conferencing thing, like the the easiest way I thought was if. I mean, because we use Skype, most it's pretty ubiquitous to use Skype for for video chatting, and you Absolutely. can maybe get more complex if you want. But um, I was thinking either Mac Minis or just Xbox Xboxes, right? And there's but there's also even connected TVs with Skype integrated. Were you? What are your thoughts on on doing video conferencing? So, so that's a tough one. Um, I, I know of a couple of products that are kind of USB cameras with speakers built in. Um, they're, not, they're not cheap because they're made for the boardroom situation. Um, the problem I've had with the, 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 the smart TVs with Skype built in, I've tried that a couple of times, and the microphone that's actually built into the TV is very sensitive, and you could pick up people walking around and talking you know, in two or three rooms over. Um, so it wasn't, wasn't all that great, great of an experience. So um, but I think, this, does this leave us with Xbox? Because Xbox... Obviously, it's going to have a pretty decent implementation because it's Microsoft, right? 
I mean, one would hope because they own Skype, is what I'm saying, and and right, yeah, they right. put this a second generation Connect with a decent camera, and they, I think they've optimized the the mic fairly well. Yeah, I mean, it definitely leaves it as an option. Um, as a as a on the pro side, I'd probably lean heavily on some of the um, some of the existing uh, conference, you know, boardroom type systems for for this application. Uh, just because I I know that the performance that we get out of it would be yeah. pretty rock solid, you know. Um, the Xbox is still kind of in the consumer realm, and Those I, are I don't so pricey though, dude. Well, I mean, the one I, I'm thinking I, of is I, probably maybe I'm about wrong. I haven't done research on it, but tell me, yeah. The one I'm thinking of, I th- I want to say it's like fifteen hundred to eighteen hundred somewhere in there, uh, and it's got a little camera on it. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, it hooks up very similar to the Sonos Play Bar, but it has a USB output on it for uh, for like a, the camera and and whatever else would go at the desk. You know, it would hook right into the computer, and it just it shows up on your computer as a microphone and a speaker. It, it, it comes out that way. So, if if Cisco so only if Cisco had only stuck with their uh, with it, they would have moved it down into the consumer realm with Linksys, but they quit <laughs> on it after two years. So, sorry, well, I interrupted you. I think is interesting, Michael, is this idea of, we talked about it on the last call about presence. I think presence is really important in kind of the future of work. So that yeah. you you were but also I'm talking about, about con- constant presence, right. right? Constantly being visible to your colleagues in another room, another office, another building, another geography. Which is something completely different to me than what I traditionally think of with like uh, like AV systems and stuff. So Seth, tell us, you know, you maybe heard Aaron talk about that, but he wouldn't mind actually having a continuous video feed of what he's doing in his house, maybe in a certain yeah. room. I thought I, I I heard him speaking about that, and I, I the only thing I can think of there was a, a company that came out a couple of years ago that made like a little portal type app like that where. You would have the idea was you'd have the two working offices and you would put an iPad up on the wall and the iPad would link those two offices. And any time you walked up to the iPad and started talking, you could hear it on the other side. And that's really the I mean, if it takes an iPad to work it, it's probably not going to hit the the TV for for quite a while. I mean, considering how much more advanced the iPad is over what the processor and everything that's inside of a TV. Could he just put a drop? I mean, if he this, this seems like that might be the DIY thing, where it's like maybe a drop cam or something that he just kind of puts a link on his site or something. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It, it seems like a. It, it's an interesting thought, um, but I, I don't. I don't know of anything out there right now. I'm sure somebody's just screaming at at the podcast right now. Like, oh, <laughs> so this thought, exists. It's, it's <laughs> right. Exactly right. But I think I think this is interesting, Michael, because I actually think this is pretty. This is a pretty significant thing. I mean. There's no question people are getting more and more used to like kind of splitting their time between, you know, they're traveling, they're in their office, they're at home one day. I mean, sort of the nature of work is that it's <coughs> more 24-7, you know, and in different places. Yeah, totally. Well, I think that you're you're going to have to have the conversation with your – quite honestly, the biggest thing about the 24-hour video thing is you better have a good conversation with your wife and, and she better know where that camera is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Great, that, call. That, Great call. That's really the most important part of that, I think. I was thinking home office and not master bedroom, but okay. <laughs> and I, I can ask her if she wants it there. <laughs> well – I think I think video conferencing is like an interesting conversation to have. I mean, it seems like maybe some of these things might be DIY, but but like what you're saying, Seth, is like the quality might not be there, and so it really kind of comes down probably, Darren, to what you want to project. I think in the world, at least in the tech world, people are okay with lower quality. There, I mean, a lot of people do do business over Skype or Google Hangouts. Um, it really kind of depends what you're looking for with that. Well, I think that's absolutely right, Michael. I mean, I think if you just look at this podcast, we're very comfortable, you know, doing it over over Skype. And while it's not the perfect sound, it's effective sound. Well, we have Seth on on the podcast who's been very gracious to spend some time and lend some of his knowledge. Who, but also, by the way, I, I failed to mention this at the beginning, has his own podcast with with his uh, friend Jason Griff. Is it Griffin or Griffin? I was Griffin with the G Griffin. Yep. 
um, called HomeTech.fm. I encourage everyone who wants to hear two guys really know what they're talking about on this stuff go, to go to HomeTech.fm. But but since we have Jeff, Seth on the on the call, I want to make sure that you have any other questions that you have, uh, Aaron, for, for Seth, because I think he has some pretty valuable perspectives here. No, it's been – well, first of all, I actually looked at your library of content. Uh, and there's definitely some really important conversations for people who are doing what I'm doing. Uh, so I'm going to try and listen to a couple of those myself, Seth, and, 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 and follow up with you because I, listen, this is a very, I am in the internet industry and by no means am I a good solid hacker or a geeky person, but I'm also not a retiree in Sarasota who doesn't know how to plug in a television set. Not yet, at least. It's (laughs) good. One can only dream. (laughs) Right, right. Well, I'm hoping to be in Sarasota in the not-too-distant future, but I still want to be able to plug in my own televisions. Um, but, but, But it is incredibly daunting to figure this stuff out. And, and it seems like what I'm taking, this is sort of discouraging to me, Michael, but this might be a reality. One of the things I'm taking away from this conversation is, uh, you need a relationship with a, uh, integrator. You need that relationship is going to be part of your life. So find one you trust. Um, and you're going to need it over time. Also, it's not, this idea of like, oh, I'm going to get it all right in the first crack as I'm moving into my house seems really unrealistic. So here's what you need to do. You need to price out what it's going to cost, and then you look at airplane tickets from Sarasota, Florida to to New York. Definitely. Or to where, and if it, you can fly Seth up to actually do it for the price like at a discount, you might want to consider that. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, what I was thinking was I was going to do video – I was going to install a video conference technology so that I could just walk Seth around, <laughs> you know, my home and like be able to, you know, somehow wire it myself. But I, but I do think I think so. Sort of a couple of things that are significant clarifications week over week, Michael, as we think about the future. One is probably going to need an integrator. Secondly, is there's a huge difference between smart home and AV issues, right? Those are two sort of separate but integrated categories. Yeah, exactly. And smart home sounds like it can be a little more DIY. So you wouldn't think this, by the way. You would think it's the opposite. You would think, ah, smart home, that's a new idea. The idea of like being able to get your lights to turn on and off on your own would be really complicated, whereas getting your Xbox to work would be really simple. But it's actually the opposite. Uh, and you need more help in the uh, in the audiovisual domain than you do maybe even in the smart home domain. Seth, do you – is that – I mean I'm just curious to hear. You're, you're the professional. Does that actually – is that in any way accurate or – Well, no. It, it seems like that's how it's it's beginning to start fleshing itself out. Um, especially, I mean, some of the smart – like smart things, the, the company, uh, have done some really neat things uh, – with their app where they, they show what other people are using their systems for. And, you know, you can, you can buy a, um, uh, a package that's already, you know, this is, this is for your water detection package, or this is for the, you know, um, home security package and that kind of thing. Um, so I, I think it's getting easier and easier to set up those types of systems and for good reason, because they're, they're not, they, they never have been very complicated, um, to begin with. Um, but the programming behind them have, has always been pretty complicated, and that's getting easier. I think that's that's what's kind of floating, you know, coming up to the top to the consumer and making it a little bit easier, um, where, where you can get notifications sent to your phone, that kind of thing. That that's always been kind of tough to do. Um, but the AV stuff that's still a little ways out, I think, and it, I think it's just going to take some big somebody big. Um, I'd say making a standard. We, we've heard of a million standards for the last. 20 years on this stuff, but so, somebody coming out with a, a standard way of doing things and um, you know, releasing it to the world, so to speak, and it just kind of becomes the de facto way to turn on a TV. Do you want to give people a sense before we, we, we end this session? Do you want to give people a sense of how expensive Control 4 is, like how they price it out and all that kind of stuff? Because as we sit here listening to you guys talk about the future of these large companies and them penetrating home automation. It seems to me they're probably a 
a tremendous takeover candidate. So just give me get, um, acquisition candidate, I guess I should say. Uh, like when people say, "Hey, I want six screens, and I and I want uh, to be able to work my TVs with this single device, single system, which then has point to point remote, but also you can put it on your iPad and your iPhone and all that kind of stuff." How much are these control for integrations that you're doing? Well, it, it, that all depends. I mean, sure. the, the the system you laid out is a pretty would be pretty large in scope. Um, I I have installs that just range from you know fifteen hundred dollars all the way up to you know ten times that at least. Uh, I actually have a one that's finishing up that'll be about two hundred and fifty. Um, so. They wow. they they get very they can be very but that's an all encompassing system yeah. it has outdoor audio that you know that is just, it's an insane house um, so yeah, that's a lot yeah <laughs> and I mean when you're I think they spent I heard they spent like three hundred thousand dollars on the master closet I mean just on the closet alone so I mean when it, you get in those price points <laughs> though it's like they're almost spending and, and that's like a badge of like a, a but badge of honor. I don't know if that's the right term, but like they want to spend that well to say they spent that amount of money, right? Yeah, and it almost in a house like that becomes a necessity, right? Because it's very hard to manage a house that large yeah, and true. go around and turn on and off of the lights. A lot, of, a lot of that price is the lighting control system. Um, so, well, that's every so that's everything in AV as well as like the yes. whole like all the lighting. Yeah, that could get that could get. Yeah, it, it gets up there for a fully integrated system like that. But I think Control 4 for their, you know, their bread and butter, at least for us for, for a number of years, was just a single remote and a, on a, on a, you know, a surround sound system in, in a single room. And, and that, I think, today would probably cost you, I mean, in equipment, eleven to $1,500, somewhere in there. So, but so why, you, and, would you, why would you do that instead of a Logitech? Why, why is that? I mean, hasn't Logitech taken over that use case in a more, you know, the Harmony has 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 replaced that? Um, about that, tell me. No, no, I know a lot of people that do that. Um, I, I, I've, I've had my my personal uh, scars from Logitech in the past. <laughs> it, I, it, it comes down to a performance and quality thing for me, and. I've got to have a company that can back me up and, you know, warranty and all that good stuff without a headache. And yeah, you know, that as a, as a professional, I have to get that from a company like control four, but I mean, Logitech, I've done a, a, some of them recently and I, I don't think the technology's improved that much, uh, in the past. It, they're just, they're basic remotes. They work for some time and then they stop working and you know, you get a new one and you just download the programming that you had in it again and go on about your merry way. And then I've heard of people that have had them for, you know, five years and they, they still work fine. So, right. I, so I don't for know. You, it's a durability issue. So for you getting these TVs to work in an automated fashion, control four is just significantly more reliable. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't be called on Saturday. I mean, <laughs> that's right. my day off. So, I mean, it's just like, I don't right. want to be called on Saturday and bugged and And that's, right. I've got to put a system in that, 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 um, that'll, that I know that can happen on. So, right, right, right. All right. Well, that, I think that's really good advice. Well, Aaron, Aaron, you've been on the cast for an hour. Um, Seth has been kind of uh, answering some of your. Do you feel like you you made some progress? Well, I definitely feel that we've made progress. I, you know, I think the wireless sounding thing is crucial. I really, I, I really believe that once you're not putting speakers all over your house into the walls. You're saving money, I, I, and you're not buying receivers in every room, right? So I think I think that's that's been key, and I also think I got to find the right integrator. So Seth, you and I are going to exchange emails. <laughs> you just, got it. <laughs> I'll, I'll send my jet down for you. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, well, that, that sounds good. I mean, we do work all the way up into Pennsylvania. We we are out in the islands too, so it's it's not uncommon for us to have a remote project too. So cool. Hey, uh, any last questions, Aaron? Nope, not for me. All right. Hey, well, thank you so much, uh, Seth Johnson, for spending time with us and lending us your expertise. As I said, everyone should go check out hometech.fm. And Aaron, I hope you've resolved some of your issues. I think you have a few more issues maybe to resolve. We'll, we'll, we'll get to those in later episodes. But I, uh, There's I no question. <laughs> I, I'm going to be on the couch for... 
many, many years and hour, <laughs> hours and years to come, but hopefully we'll be able to do it through video, you know, like there'll be video presence for our, our future therapy sessions. You know, they might be worth at some point we should have a, a call on, on just like video communication, like, like, okay, what can you do with, um, like teleconferencing? What can you do with like drop cam? So like that might be another one. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. All right, guys. Yep. Sorry, Seth. What were you going to say? Take us out. I I was going to say while we were talking, I, I found that app and I put it in the, in the Skype there for you to take a look at it. It's actually a little, it's a, it's a cool little app. It's called perch. And you can just walk up to a wall that has an iPad on it and start talking in the other side. It's it starts talking on that side. So it's a it's a that, neat little app. That is good. That is cool. That, that's well, presence. Well, thanks for that. We'll put that. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. We'll put that in the show notes. And uh, once again, thank you, everyone. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yep. Thank you very much, Mike. All right, guys. Bye. Well, we tried. We tried to help Aaron. I don't know how much we did. Seth. Give a valiant try. He actually probably helped him a lot more than me. I hope this helped you at some level. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to listen to more smart home shows, if you want to listen to future episodes on the couch with smart home therapy, go to technology.fm and look for the smart home show. Also look for the smart home show on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud. Hey, thanks for joining us. My name is Mike Wolf. We'll talk to you soon.